Okay, we're live. And uh, today we have a real special episode with Foster Gamble of uh, Thrive, uh, the Thrive Movement. Uh, I'm today without my co-host, uh, Mike, who's a little bit under the weather. And, um, you know, so uh, today, uh, Foster, if it's okay with you, it's just going to be two guys talking here. And uh, boy, really, really excited to have you. And thank you so much for being with us. And a big welcome to the AlphaCast community. Um, so Foster, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm really thrilled to be on with you guys. I'm big fans of both of you and what you're doing with Al AlphaCast. And I really enjoyed a lot of the shows on the Reunion Summit. So it's great to be in conversation with you. Well, thanks so much. You know, it, it's a big deal uh, for me to talk to you today because I followed you since uh, your very first Thrive movie and, you know, been on the chats in the background and, and seeing all, you know, working, uh, you know, behind the scenes with some of the folks that uh, have followed your movement as well. And, uh, you know, you've done so much and, and you know, what really... Uh, I just watched your uh, movie and, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, Thrive 2. I, I like to get the DVD version because Good. we live out in the boonies here and streaming doesn't always work really well yeah. with us. But my wife and myself, uh, you know, just recently finished uh, watching this. And, you know, it's, it's actually very emotional for me watching this because uh, like yourself, I've been in this journey, we'll say for quite a long time. And uh, really gone through a lot of the same trials as some of the people you interview in your movie that have gone through. And, you know, we've lived it. And, and you know, more than anything, it's emotional because it, it really gives me hope. Uh, a lot of times, you know, in our past where, where we, we've had our endeavors, you know, with our clinics where we did things a little bit differently and, you know, walked uh, our, an independent path, you know, we were targeted and went through some intense times ourselves. And, um, you know, and, and just the fact that someone like you is getting the message out to large audiences and, and getting together some of the best minds in the world, you know, it's, it's really hopeful to me. And it really makes me feel like, well, you know, maybe our efforts in the past were worth something too. Cause sometimes you start feeling pretty isolated when you do the kinds of things that we've been through. You know, uh, my wife and myself were talking last night that, um, you know, we really enjoyed watching the fact that Kimberly and yourself have traveled, you know, parallel paths in this and, and we have too. And, you know, my wife has been really a warrior and, you know, seeing actually some very close friends pay the ultimate price because, you know, they were along doing similar things as us. And she just uh, was unflinched and stood by and, mm. you know, uh, led the way the whole way. And, and I look at Kimberly, you know, and that light too, just, uh, uh, just an amazing warrior. In fact, um, you know, we're planning some guests on our Alpha cast, uh, you know, to have a little bit of a series about remarkable women who are doing things to change the world. And we'd sure love to talk to Kimberly, you know, maybe on one of those if she's available for that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, it's just really gratifying seeing you guys walk the walk together. So, um, you know, there's there's so much uh, I want to talk to you about. And maybe uh, if I just read the press release for Thrive 2 and we can start from there and see where it takes us. And as I told you, we're kind of non-scripted here. We like to just have a normal conversation and uh, we'll see where it takes us. So let me read the press release first. And before I get in there, uh, you know, for the AlphaCast community, um, you know, uh, lots of light to Mike. And uh, we hope he feels better because he's not with us today, you know, because he is uh, having some issues, uh, you know, as far as health, uh, not serious, but just temporary. And uh, you know, let me ask you, are you guys getting any reports of symptoms, digestive symptoms, uh, severe headaches, dizziness uh, that kind of coincide with when we see a lot of aerosoling overhead? Because we're getting a lot of reports on that on our end. Are you asking me or are you asking your audience? 
Uh, no, I'm asking you. Sorry, Foster. Okay. Um, no, I haven't been hearing about that down here. We've had a number of days in a row uh, of very clear skies. You know, I, I just marvel and appreciate every day without chemtrails. Uh, and, and unfortunately, I went out early this morning and they're starting in again. Uh, but I, I, I haven't seen or heard a lot about uh, local people feeling those symptoms. Uh, that's good. Yeah, we've, uh, isn't it remarkable how we just take such joy in seeing a blue sky these days? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's incredible. Who would have thunk, thunk it years ago? Okay, yeah. so Thrive 2, and just an amazing, amazing film. Here it is again, and I just encourage everybody, you have to watch this. Uh, it's remarkable on so many levels. So uh, Thrive 2, this is what it takes explores breakthrough innovations from around the world, unpacks the principles they have in common, and offers insights, tools, and strategies for reclaiming our lives and our future. So here's a little synopsis. Uh, Thrive 2, This Is What It Takes, brings viewers behind the scenes with the people and innovations that have the power to transform life for everyone. Follow a journey across the globe investigating the most promising solutions in energy, health, consciousness, and non-coercive self-organizing while unpacking the underlying science, principles, and strategies that make them possible. Thrive 2 reveals compelling evidence that illustrates a new paradigm of science that Einstein was seeking, unveiling for the layperson an emerging coherent theory of the unified field and all that that implies inspiring transpolitical grassroots and decentralized solutions thrive Two offers practical tools for reclaiming authority over our lives from new sources of energy to breakthrough health cures thrive Two provides the insights and resources needed for viewers to take next steps in assessing and supporting the solutions that can truly create a world that works for everyone and i'll tell you that uh uh, the movie sure lives up to all of that. So, um, you know, what really makes me tick is I'd like to jump into the solutions and the remarkable people and the technologies, but um, maybe we can start off by jumping to the last third of the movie, because I think that's where, you know, we're having most of our problems today. And Kimberly, you know, remarked that our planet is now in stage four cancer and that we are really requiring bold action. So Foster, are we uh, you know, seeing the numbers of people that are in this realization and are we taking enough bold action soon enough as far as you can tell? Well, it remains to be seen whether we're taking enough bold action soon enough. Um, I, I know for sure, as I'm sure you do, um, that a ton of people all over the planet are waking up now really fast. Uh, I am not hesitant to say that I believe we are in World War III. It's a quiet war. They, they realize the, the perpetrators who want to uh, run the entire planet um, realize they couldn't do that just overtly with force. So they had to, to do a giant false flag to, uh, to actually get people to do it to one another. And I believe that that's the, uh, the pandemic and that's the lockdowns and the business uh, shutdowns and the so-called vaccine passports and all, all that stuff. We actually predicted this very specifically in Thrive One. We said uh, that we have, there's a collage where we say that this is what the depopulation agenda looks like today. And in addition to GMOs and and chemtrails and wars, we, we said, and be expecting a man-made pandemic, uh, um, toxic uh, radiation, and uh, mandatory vaccines. And here we are. So a lot of people have called us up and said, how did you know that? Are you just like psychic or something? <laughs> it's like, no, the, if you look deeply enough, the evidence of the agenda is there and you can find in their own words what the agenda is for. So now we are in the thick of it. We're literally right there. They're at near the goal line and they're trying to, 
to they're getting exposed. So they're trying to jump over this goal line uh, and get their complete totalitarian control before enough people wake up to just stand up and say no and walk away. And so it, it's up to us. You know, this is I don't believe in predestination. I, I think that uh, that it is up to us what we all do about it. And they've certainly got most of the money, most of the big institutions, a lot of the military and so forth on their side. Thank goodness we have the life force, we've got the truth, and we've got love. And I think the vast majority of the population uh, on the planet. So now it's just a matter of, of, of gathering around the truth, around the principles of freedom that can actually restore a, a thriving planet uh, and then really collaborate well to get this thing done. And I'm actually hugely optimistic. I mean, people can't believe how optimistic I am given what I know. <laughs> well, I, I remain optimistic as well because I believe we have a lot of uh, friends in high places behind the veil, we'll say. And, uh, you know, in comparison, these folks that we, have empowered so much with our life energy are actually um, insignificant. And, you know, I really, um, you know, enjoyed Kimberly's uh, comment about stage four cancer. Not that, you know, I like it, things sounding dire because, you know, in my practice over the years, that's mostly what I saw were people Mm. in that situation. And by the time they got to us, Uh, mostly they came to us because they had given up hope. Uh, We were their last resort. And they said, what the heck else have I got to lose? So they ended up on our doorstep and the system had given up on them and just said, go get your affairs in order. And, you know, interestingly, that's where we saw the magic happen because that's where their minds would open up. Uh, They'd be receptive to things they would never have heard in the past. And also uh, they were ready for truly bold action and, and investigate and look at their lives in a whole different way. And that's what I see going on on the planet right now. So, uh, and that's again, what I think is remarkable about uh, Thrive 2 is because, you know, you've gathered the, you know, circled the wagons from all these remarkable people around the planet And, uh, you know, we understand that not only are there solutions, uh, but they've been under our nose all the time. Yeah. So the real problem goes back to, uh, you know, why aren't we exercising these solutions? So sorry, go ahead with what you're about to say. I was just going to say for anyone in your audience who hasn't seen Thrive 2 yet, what Kimberly says in the film is that for people to actually try effective alternative treatments for cancer, often takes the dire predicament of stage four metastasis. And then they're like, okay, this isn't working. I've got nothing left to lose. Let's go try something else. And what Kimberly has noticed is that that humanity itself is in that predicament right now. When When we're destroying our economy, we're destroying our ecology. There's no truth media. There's no truth education. The the food is being turned into crap. It goes on and on. And it's not an accident. Once you study it, you realize this is the plan of the people who want to see us confused, uh, sick, weak, and broke. And so look around right now. You know, this actually is a success for a few people. The, The flip side of it is that people are getting desperate enough that they're going, okay, maybe I shouldn't just be trusting the so-called leaders in charge and the the traditional institutions, maybe I should actually start thinking for myself. And the beauty of that is then you start to tune into the truth. And the truth is so simple that the perpetrators have to go to these huge lengths to try to, to confuse people, to cover it up. That's why they're doing all the censorship. Now you, you can't hear any second opinion about what's going on with, uh, with COVID and so forth unless you're willing to seek out truth media. And fortunately, people are. You know, when Thrive One came out, we didn't know if anybody would be ready. We joked maybe we'd have to put it in a time capsule or broadcast it out to some other planet in a similar predicament. But it went quickly on to become one of the most widely seen documents, documentaries in history. 
with over 91 million views. So, and it's continuing. There's like half a million views a month still. This is 10 years later. And that to us was a huge verification uh, of, the, of how good human beings are, how smart human beings are uh, when they get access to the, to, to the truth. And when you get enough access to the truth, then you get a diagnosis, then you can actually start working on cures that are commensurate to the problem. And that's what I see going on all over the place. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like yourself, um, you know, we jumped down these rabbit holes probably in the mid 70s. Yeah. And because of involvements we had with uh, the conventional medical system, and I was taken under the wing of some old timers then that knew what was going on, and it was quite an eye opener. And so then we started, you know, investigating into other realms and seeing how, how the financial systems and and every institution, uh, you know, was kind of in on it and it was actually by design, but that's a hard sell for most people yeah. to think that this is actually all by design. Because the first question with people that actually have warm blood running through their veins is, you know, why would anybody do this to somebody else? This can't possibly be true. Yeah. So, uh, go well, ahead. That's one of the reasons why, why we made thrive too. We never thought we would make another movie. The last one was literally eight years of 16-hour days. <laughs> and we're too old for that. But what happened was we got contacted by over a thousand innovators from all over the world. And the, the what we were hearing was so great that we basically just started getting on planes and spent five years vetting technology, mostly energy, health, and some environmental and agricultural technologies. And a huge number of them weren't what they hoped or what they claimed, but a small percentage of a very large number was. And it was so exciting to us that when we were sharing this in workshops with people, they would come up to us afterward and say, you know, I finally feel proud to be human again. Yeah, there's, here's some grounded reason for hope. And Kimberly and I finally looked at each other and said, okay, we have to get this information out into the world. So that's when we decided okay, let's make Thrive 3. And it took us almost exactly a thousand days, but it really feels good to have the message out there now that the solutions to virtually every major problem that we're facing in every sector is not only already here, but it's all based on similar principles, which are easily learnable for someone who really wants to know. Yeah, so uh, that's a beautiful segue maybe into the principles. And I'd like to go back to the basic principle or concept that you presented in Thrive One, which is the toroidal field. Yeah. So uh, can you maybe explain for the audience? And I know a lot of our audience, which is one of the best, by the way, very educated, already has an understanding of that. But, you know, maybe just if you could outline that and we could use that to get into the real solutions, because I believe they have implications, not just technologically and societally, but also for our spiritual evolution. And uh, so if you wouldn't mind getting into that a bit. I would love to. It's a, it was, you know, one of the biggest uh, eye openers in my life um, that I depicted in Thrive One when I was given this vision. You know, I, I was my my sole really big trauma in childhood was being under the desk with my arms over my head as a response <laughs> to a nuclear attack. And I'm sitting under there and my life changed. I thought, OK, the adults don't know what's going on or how to solve it. So that's when I really started beginning to think for myself and dedicated my life to figuring out how humanity can relate successfully to energy, both spiritual energy inside, uh, emotional energy, but also uh, external energy in the form of power, in the form of electricity. But the, the so at, at age 14, I was given this vision of this toroidal vortex, and it was a, a solar system that turned into an atom, uh, you know, with the nucleus at the center and there's these things going around the outside, the planets, electrons and so forth. And then, uh, then it turned into a human being with this electromagnetic uh, field around it. And the message that I got was we're all the same pattern and hu humans are roughly halfway between in scale between the atom and the solar system. And so I just, and I shared that with my physics teacher who was the best teacher I ever had in school. And to his credit, he said, 
He said, wow, that's an amazing thought. Keep going with that one and let me know what you come up with. So I've kept going with it the rest of my life. And the, for those who may not be familiar, in fact, I've got a little model here. This is the model of the, of the torus. And it's a, a vortex that spins around and at the same time evolutes and in, out one end and involutes on, on the other end. And it's like, oh, okay, well, that's a donut. You know, that's a bagel. So what? Well, the so what is that it seems to be the fundamental pattern or blueprint for a sustainable energy system at every scale throughout the universe. <laughs> so that's a big statement. Most people have no idea what a Taurus is, and yet it's the key to sustainability. And that's what we're having to figure out as a species right now. So what's really exciting about it is you can study the principles, the dynamics of a Taurus, and then apply it directly to economies, to permaculture, to agriculture, to healing, uh, as you do so well, and, and also to every single new energy device that I have found that works is based on mimicking the and using the energy of the Taurus. Because what it does, just like in our own human bodies, you know, we're not plugged into anything, and yet we're accessing way more energy than we're getting out of our food. The food really helps, but we're accessing the, the plenum. And so is every free energy device. You know, a, traditional devices, if they would try to go free, they would, um, they would either uh, burn up or they would implode, they would freeze. And what they were doing is they were trying to make them out of cubes or to make them out of spheres. And you can't do that. You have to open it up. You have to have a hole in the center, just like just like us, we've all got a hole in the center, every single atom, every molecule, every cell, every insect, every animal, we've all got this, this hole in the center that opens us to the energy of the entire universe. And that's the key. The second law of thermodynamics is probably correct that you can't get more energy out of a closed system than you put in, but it only applies to closed system. When you open up the system, you've got access to the boundless energy of the entire universe whether you're uh, a, a electricity device or a human being. And, and like you mentioned in Thrive 2, is that um, the first law of thermodynamics doesn't seem to work because they're applying it to a closed system. Yes. And what we really have to do is understand it's not a closed system. So let me run something by you here. You know, um, I, I'm kind of practical because, uh, you know, I consider myself a tradesman. I, I farm and I, you know, work with biological systems and bodies. And uh, I've, uh, you know, identified a, a resonant unified field between human bodies and, and the outside. In fact, you know, in my practice of acupuncture over the years, uh, you know, I've always favored a way to affect uh, the meridian system by way of resonance. You know, I use acoustics rather mm -hmm. than needles, or if I do use needles, then I make sure that I'm, you know, projecting with Qigong sort of techniques so that you're not just walking away and expecting, you know, the antenna to do the whole job. And um, the meridian system is really a system that is interacting with our outside uh, environment and giving feedback in both directions so that we keep in proper resonance with our outer surroundings and there's a compatible resonance inside and out. Now, I like to look at everything in terms of, uh, you know, waveforms. That's just, you know, I'm a big fan of Walter Russell, and I know you mentioned him in your movie as well. So uh, I'd like to know, just kind of compare notes to see if this is pretty much what you're describing as far as the toroidal field. He describes the fact that, you know, there's nothing but pure consciousness. There's just stillness. That's all there is. Now, uh, consciousness, of course, of which we are a part, you know, individualizations, we have the ability to create thought and thought, as he describes, is an electrical event, which means there's going to be a resonance, you know, that happens whenever electricity polarizes. And then so those, uh, you know, uh, electrical vectors convolute into a compression of uh, we'll say informational fields that we create that we think of as our manifestation. And then simultaneously, they're coming up around the other end, radiating back up in a continuous simultaneous cycle. And if you see in uh, 
an animation of that, it looks suspiciously like a toroidal field. So are we talking about the same thing? Oh, absolutely. At, at every scale, uh, what you're going to find is the toroidal system, because if it lasts, it's got to be toroidal. So if you don't see the torus, you either need to zoom in, at which point you'll see the cells or the uh, molecules uh, or the atoms, depending on what you're looking through, or you zoom out. And then you see the the field around, uh, if you've got the right instrumentation or, or the right plant medicine, you can see the field around the plant or an animal or a, a human, the same thing around a, a, a planet and a solar system and a galaxy. Uh, so we're really in an infinite sea of energy uh, that is alive and conscious. And the key then is if we can understand the dynamics of how that energy arranges itself, then we can design all our system, like what you're doing with health, what you're doing with agriculture, uh, what we're doing with energy devices, what we're doing with natural economies of voluntary exchange rather than you know, state intervention and all that. If you mimic that natural process of regeneration, then the universe supports what you're doing and everything moves to the next level. Evolution moves to the next level. Consciousness moves to the next level. The energy of a system moves to the next level. So the, you know, people talk about quantum physics and, and most people say, ah, it's so complicated, I have no idea what it is. Once again, it's so simple that we just miss it. The quantum is always the torus, whether it's the size of a black hole at the center of an electron or the size of a galactic cluster, the quantum, the unit of energy in a sustainable system is always the torus. So then we can look and see, okay, well then how can I learn from that? Well, a torus is always centered. It has to have the stillness in order to maintain its flow. So, well, that's a good idea for a human being. We learn through meditation, through sports, through dance and so forth, how to center ourselves. Okay, then a torus has this continual inflow of energy and outflow of energy that has to stay balanced, just like the income uh, and expenses of a company, just like the, uh, the food that you eat and the energy that you expend. Every system has to balance its inflow and outflow. And then it needs to be in harmony with its environment. I know you, that you've done a lot of work on the bioterrain and that type of thing. No system is isolated. It's always within an environment. And then each torus needs to be uh, in harmony in the holacracy as its own hologram needs to be in harmony with the larger torus that it's a part of and all of the little toruses that it's uh, coexisting with. And that's really where we are, in my opinion, in, in human evolution. I'm a, a big student along with, uh, with Walter Russell and Buckminster Fuller, I'm a big student of Arthur Young, and he's laid out this whole cosmology that we depict a little bit in Thrive too, of where we are is the same place that the molecule is in the larger arc of evolution. The molecule had to learn how to master ambient temperature in order to survive itself. Uh, it had to balance the outside temperature with the inside temperature in order then to grow cells and plants and then move as animals and self-reflect as humans and so forth. That same arc is everywhere throughout the evolution of consciousness. And as human beings, we're in that same place where if we don't figure out how to balance our own inner experience with our outer experience, our ability to get along with our environment and to get along with one another, then we literally might blow ourselves up and set the whole thing back a few hundred thousand or million, million years um, in evolution, but if we figure that out, and I think we're very close, that's what Thrive 2 is about, then we design all our systems in resonance, like you were talking about, with these fundamental principles, and very soon, we will not only be healthy and happy, there will be creativity unleashed from humanity, the like of which we can hardly even imagine. Yeah, I, I, I so much agree. And, uh, you know, you mentioned the center. And of course, uh, Walter would describe that as the fulcrum. Right. And, um, you know, in many spiritual practices and martial arts, uh, you name it, it's all about 
finding that center. And even in the practice of biogeometry, which I'm very involved with these days, it's about understanding that all forms, no matter what, have a very real center that, you know, that creative spark that it's in the, you know, the center of everything. It's really not a spatial uh, phenomena or an exact location, but every form has that center and we can actually measure that. And what's interesting is when you do measure it, it gives off a resonance that um, is uh, the same as what we consider the golden mean energy, which is that normal regenerative uh, energy that all of nature, you know, we walk around, you know, we're very fortunate. There's, there's nobody around here. So you're just bathed in that all day long instead of these other artificial waveforms. And, um, what, uh, all of those practices do and what a lot of the technologies that, um, you know, are discussed in your film are all about duplicating that golden mean energy that is, self-renewal is zero point, really doesn't need any input in order to create output. And so it's about, uh, you know, just learning how to work with that energy and then multiply it with our own awareness of it. Yeah, I would say one more thing about the while you're on the center, that, uh, that those centers, uh, according to my research, are not only all connected, that's the quantum entanglement, but they actually are one. That's the, the oneness that the New Age movement, that the consciousness movement has really revived what the mystics have been telling us for thousands of years. But it's bringing the experience of oneness into, the, uh, into a science where you can actually understand what that means and then apply it in healing and apply it in agriculture and apply it in economics and apply it in, uh, with energy. So that's one of, I think, one of the breakthrough insights that's bringing science and spirituality together and literally will open up the possibility for thriving like we can't imagine. Yeah, agreed. And, um, you, you know, going back to waveform mechanics, uh, when you look at that dual synchronous uh, vortex that's, uh, you know, creating that tor toroidal field, um, every thought that we think, which is an electrical event, then at its apex, it's going to meet other of like resonance and they literally mate at that apex to create another toroidal field. So it, it explains in a very elegant way on how all of these things are interconnected. And of course, it all comes from the same source. So there has to be yeah. uh, a central center and you know that we can identify on a macro as well as on all the individualizations of the same thing i i this is so fun talking to you guys i could geek out with you all day on this stuff and while while we're on this particular dynamic let me share something that most people don't seem to be aware of and and find exciting when they come across it and it's this same thing about the waveforms and Walter Russell talked about the radioactive, the expansive wave coming out from a, from a center. Uh, but then he also pointed out the generoactive wave, which is the entire universe doing the exact opposite at the same time, going in infinitely into a point at the same time. So, okay, how do you have this huge wave going in and the huge wave going out at the same time without them just running into each other? Well, you know, if you pour a, you know, a beer out of a can, if you try to do it too fast, you get this glug glug as the, the air and the water exchange, you know, the high pressure and the low pressure. But if you do it gradually, or if you spin it a little bit, then you just get this vortex going out. So you get the, the, the air and the, the water are passing each other vorticularly. So let's take that for a moment and imagine this singularity, imagine this point, for instance, at the center of an atom. So the, the energy is going infinitely out and the energy is going infinitely in. So when it passes one another, it creates a standing wave, just like you'd see in rapids in a mountain stream or something like that. It's a, it's a standing wave that exists because of the, the energy that's going through it, but it's just a form. The actual energy is, is moving all the time. So that standing wave, there's only one pattern that will sustain itself like that, and that's the torus. And so hence, the hydrogen atom has been depicted mathematically 
you know, is this probability cloud and so forth? It's just the torus. Then you add a little pressure to that, it turns into helium. Guess what? The double torus. And then the, the I spent two and a half years with uh, some other physicists um, and some computer graphic specialists using these you know, 16 postulates along these lines, modeling the entire periodic table of elements as, to, as toroidal vortices arranging themselves in the, their least effort, most effective geometric forms. And it comes out with the, with the tetrahedron and then the octahedron, the icosahedron, the vector equilibrium. Uh, so each one of the so-called shells is simply energy organizing itself as efficiently as possible. And the energy that it takes to, to create those fractalized whirlpools at the higher, um, you know, the heavier elements, they have, it takes the pressure of a red giant star <laughs> to, to compress those whirlpools, to fractalize them into the higher level, you know, the, the heavier elements. So that's simply the, the universe that we're in. We tend to think that this is all solid and, you know, so are the cabinets and chairs we're sitting in. But no, those are just geometric patterns as well that have organized themselves and then been shaped by carpenters or whatever into, into some relatively rigid form that we then call a chair or a cabinet or a test tube or something like that. But it's all just whirlpools in a sea of energy. Yeah, and and I think um, it's interesting to note that maybe the elements themselves are not fixed, and they're always in a transitional state, moving from one element to the next. And and again, Walter has a, a very good way of describing how they're actually moving through octaves, and and these right. octaves are ever in motion, uh, you know. And hydrogen will go full circle and, and go through all the transitions of different elements and back to hydrogen again. And uh, you know that gets us into some important points you made in your movie as well. That it's all like a musical scale, and I really enjoyed uh, seeing the uh, you know the physicist in Costa Rica who came up with his um, his own version of the the solar technologies, and uh, you know a lot of his insight was because he was also a musician. Right. Yeah, it turns yeah. out that the keys to the unified field, the keys to our understanding, a unified field, it, the field's already unified. <laughs> the cosmos took care of that. But the unified field theory is humans trying to understand how this thing works. And the beautiful news is that it turns out that the key to understanding that is music. What a delightful discovery. <laughs> because the, the key to accessing that energy is not explosion or fission or fusion or crushing that whole macho way of treating energy has taken us to the brink of self-destruction the key that is now being proven again and again i think i've seen seven different devices now that are accessing uh, boundless energy without being plugged in and they're all doing it through creating the appropriate geometries the appropriate movement of energy uh, the appropriate frequencies uh, and then when it goes into resonance with the field itself, it just starts pouring out energy as long as you don't uh, abuse it in any way. As long as, you, as long as it's a non-aggressive approach, it will give you all the energy that you need. So that, that can get rid of pollution, that can get rid of wars over other people's oil. And even more importantly, it sets the proof of a paradigm that we are, in fact, spiritual beings living in a physical reality that is boundlessly abundant. So since everything is waveforms and waveforms or are, are, are elements are in actuality in angulation, uh, you know, relative to an equator of a waveform, do you see the possibility of a day where we won't even need to mine resources out of the earth and maybe with technologies that can duplicate these waveforms, we can, uh, you know, maybe even uh, create these elements 
ourselves Absolutely. and maybe even hybrids of all the elements for anything we want to do and maybe print, uh, throw them into a 3D printer and make an assembly line and then yeah. also have a reverse process to you know <laughs> return them so we don't need landfills uh, anymore. Absolutely. I, and I've seen a number of technologies that show great promise, starting with, with Walter Russell. I, I was on the scientific advisory board of the University of Science and Philosophy, Walter Russell organization for years. And uh, they gave me access to the vault. And I got to go in and see all the stuff that he hadn't published. Um, and, uh, and for instance, he did not reveal what he knew about the nuclear level of reality, neither did Arthur Young, because he knew that that uh, information would be dangerous in the wrong hands. But one of the things that uh, has now become public uh, about Walter Russell is that he worked with, I believe it was Westinghouse, did an experiment. We act he actually proved the transmutation of elements. I'm working with another guy, Mike Mark, uh, Mark LeClaire from uh, Canada, who's doing the, this implosion, uh, sonoluminescence with water, where he, with sound, they create a toroidal implosion that creates a blue spark of light that has the temperature of, of the sun. And there, there's uh, all the traces of all the different elements uh, are showing up in these experiments. And then I've got an, another guy in Australia who's working on a recycling device that uh, with a, a very powerful energy vortex that is, I mean, it's not completely finished yet, but it's already showing amazing results in taking anything and basically recycling it back into its basic elements. Mm -hmm. And you know, what's really remarkable about your documentaries is they cover the whole gamut of high-tech solutions and just these brilliant minds that are physicists and people that are contriving these things. But then at the same time, you go into the low-tech analog versions that are accessible inside of us all the time. And, you know, in my own work, since I don't have the resources to do some of those other uh, technologies, you know, I just have to look around at nature and, and uh, you know, learn how those uh, systems already exist in bodies that I work with. And, uh, you know, we've uh, uh, done some remarkable things just with labs that we can do ourselves right here where we're able to extrapolate from chemical elements that we get from bodies and understand what that means electrically. And through that, we found that, um, you know, the, the, the human system really doesn't need any input, but it really needs a great deal of awareness to get to that point. Right. And in fact, the food we eat, we've determined provides maybe at best 25% of our energy oh, needs. And it only, uh, does that to jumpstart the normal systems that derive the bulk of our energy needs directly from the atmosphere. And we've even interviewed people that are actual breatharians that are yeah. doing that. And there are people like that out there. So right. that kind of brings us back full circle also to our original comments as far as you know, why are we not allowing these solutions to happen? And it really, I think, as you pointed out, it's an inner journey where through awareness, we understand that the answers do not, uh, um, uh, there is no political uh, solution as far as I can see. Uh, and the, it seems like the worst thing we can do is consent and um, allow other people to usurp our free will. And, um, you know, where we look at outside authorities, it seems like we can't afford to do that any longer. Exactly right. We are at that cusp that Bucky Fuller called uh, utopia or oblivion. And it goes back to what we describe in, in Thrive 2 is that there's two giant cons that most of us have fallen prey to, at least for uh, a lot of our lives. And the first con is authority, that someone should be ruling us. And you go back to the, you know, the pharaohs and the priests and the kings and the dictators. And, you know, now we've got the priests and prime ministers and mayors and governors and so forth. And almost everybody thinks that that is necessary. In fact, that's a sign of civilization. If you've got some rulers who are taking your money, your hard-earned money, at their whim and doing essentially 
whatever they want with it, that somehow that's a civilized society. And that, uh, that basic con of giving up our power allows the second con, which is money, the, which is fake money. Of course, we need some sort of mediums of exchange um, because that's how we survive. Uh, but the, the notion that a few people should have the right to print the money <laughs> any, and give it to themselves and their buddies first as it circulates out and, and destroys the value of everyone else's purchasing power it is completely insane. Of course, a third grader would know, you know that if you just came along and you know, took a half of his popcorn or something like that, he would know he just got ripped off because <laughs> he hadn't been indoctrinated enough yet. Uh, so I do believe we're in the moment when people are waking up to those big cons and seeing through them. And I think that the perpetrators of the, what we call the global domination agenda, they know this. And that's why they're making this giant sprint trying to scare everybody uh, with the most fearful thing of all is, is, for people is the fear of dying. So you, so you go after their health and you cook up uh, something that has them literally scared for their lives and then they'll do whatever. They'll close down their business, they'll go broke, they'll put masks on their babies, they'll, um, they'll take vaccines that are not only completely untested, but have been proven to kill animals virtually all the time. Uh, just because once again, they've, they've been conned. So the, the, the would-be controllers, they know this. They, they know that they're getting exposed because there's so much truth media, just like your show. There's so much truth media like this happening in millions of fractalizations all over the planet right now. It's unstoppable. So they're trying to lunge for complete control. You know, think Mao, think Solomon, think Hitler. Mussolini, they, once they get complete control, then they take any dissidents and they, you know, throw them in the Google, gulag or they torture them or they kill them uh, in order to maintain their control. So they're trying that one desperately now. And so we're in a race between the, the great reset, which is baloney, dangerous baloney, and the great awakening, which uh, I'm blessed to, to feel like I'm a part of. And you guys are part of and you know virtually all of my friends are waking up to these challenging truths but then using that as a diagnosis to go after the problem yeah and like yourself uh we were told more than 20 years ago that there would be a planned pandemic in order to do just all of this yeah. and in in my travels in bioterrain medicine right from the start uh, I was able to prove to myself with my own eyes, looking under microscopes for thousands of hours, that sort of thing, that uh, the whole germ theory was flawed to begin with. And now they've, they've managed to create a, a multi-billion dollar industry out of, uh, you know, a flawed theory that they still can't explain fully. And so it's, a, it's really a propaganda war that That's we're right. in. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, yeah, and I agree, this is World War Three or Four or however you want to term it. It's just with unconventional means. So now, you know, we're doing our little part, just small guys doing our little podcasts. And I do my work behind the scenes. And here, you know, we're trying to create a living prototype of decentralization of medicine, technologies and agriculture. But it, it, you know, we really are, um, you know, under the gun now as far as needing to reach as many people as possible. But in your journeys, uh, as, as, as with us, I, are you seeing a lot of people that are doing similar things and just standing up on the local level, starting with their individual selves? Oh, hugely so. Um, more than ever and more even than I expected. And that's one of the reasons why next month we're going to launch our version 2.0 of the Thrive Solutions Hub. And here, here's a we see trying to solve this gigantic lethal uh, problem. First of all, uh, is, is education. People need to understand sufficiently what's going on. That's why we spent all the decades that we did researching and then making Thrive 1 uh, and then finally Thrive 2. So that's all out there now and that, that can't be stopped. So then um, for people who, to whom it makes sense and want to go deeper. Uh, I opened up something six months ago, uh, an internet show uh, like yours that I call the Freedom Portal. 
where people can come in and immerse in these conversations to go deeper and deeper and see how all the dots connect and really understand and listen to experts and do Q and A's. Um, we learn back and forth. Uh, and then when people get sufficiently informed, the, what I find is then they get sufficiently motivated. And it's like, oh, okay, I get it. Now, what can I do? And we're just at the big, bare beginnings of that because most of the what can I do answers are pretty insufficient. You know, write your politician or go out in the street. Not, not that you shouldn't do those two things. Clearly, it's not a sufficient solution. So we launched a solutions hub a number of years ago on the, the Thrive website because everywhere we went around the world for workshops or screenings, there were Thrive-inspired solutions groups who were taking on lots of issues, but we're all kind of recreating the same wheel, doing the same research, creating the same petitions, lawsuits, and so forth. So once we realized this, we created this hub where, where groups could come and share best practices and resources. So if you've got a petition or a lawsuit, you just post it up there. Now people can just go search by, by sector of, of interest, by issue of concern, and then just download that stuff and use it. And so we're, um, we're, we already have over 1,100 groups in close to 90 countries that are already doing that. But now we're reissuing the, the Thrive Solutions Hub in a mobile-friendly version. Uh, it's for free, it's in 40 languages, and it allows people to find each other locally, find each other virtually by, by region or by issue, and then to collaborate, share information. And when you've got a key insight or a key paper or a, a, or a video or an event or something like that, you can share it with the network of networks. And very quickly, that goes across the globe. And it's decentralized. It's open source. It can't be shut down. So we'll be um, literally a month from yesterday. Um, the plan is to launch that publicly. We're in beta with a lot of groups right now, just making sure all the software works and everything. But I think that that's, uh, in a sense, kind of my probable final offering. I'll be in this conversation you know, as long as I live. But my final big offering will be to have that solutions hub out there open source so that people who are on to the truth and natural principles can organize effectively. As Martin Luther King said, the people who love peace need to get as organized as those who love war. Well, it turns out, Kimberly and I have learned a lot about that over decades. We're very experienced with it. And the previous Solutions Hub has been very successful in stopping aerial spraying in some areas, in stopping glyphosate uh, in Maui, getting GMOs labeled in, in Colorado, and on and on. So we know the principles. Um, and how to work effectively. So in addition to providing the infrastructure for these groups to find each other and connect, we'll also be doing courses on uh, how to create a group, how to make decisions, uh, how to uh, resolve conflict when it comes up. And then uh, we'll go into specific strategies and very specific tactics like you know, not only petitions and demonstrations, but uh, divestment and uh, the and uh, notices of liability and uh, lawsuits and all sorts of very effective things that people can do coming together in what we call a whole systems approach. Activists have been trying to do it all on their own for so long. And what we found is well, you'll appreciate this because it's designed on the same geometry uh, as um, Bucky Fuller and, and Walter Russell. So we use the vector equilibrium for the structure. So we have 13 uh, sectors. So you get a representative from each sector, you get a group in, e in each sector. And then when you've got an issue, like we had it with, there were aerial spraying toxins over Northern California back in 2007. And we came together and we introduced this model to our community. And so now the lawyers could meet together and the scientists and the doctors could meet together, the media people, the relationship people. Kimberly and I headed up the economics group and followed the money to find out who was behind this and so forth. Long and short of it was we ended up stopping 
a billion dollar project directly as a secret earmark from George Bush Jr. as president to spray from Monterey to Sonoma, 11 million people, they were gonna spray us with a secret chemical mixture for up to 10 years at their whim, renewable. And fortunately, we, we, we found the truth behind this. It was a big lie and a very dangerous one. There were six toxic chemicals in this thing and we won lawsuits. We got a big media campaign. The governor finally got, got on our side and we stopped the entire thing in six months. And our little trophy for this was through a FOIA request, we got some of their internal emails in the government and we found this one sentence that, that said, we expected some resistance from Santa Cruz. We just had no idea it would be so well organized. <laughs> Well, well, this is fantastic because it's what I've been waiting for for a lot of years. You know, in uh, past times, I've traveled with people where we were very much involved in what we'll loosely call sovereignty movements. And we did go into the beast ourselves with what we thought was effective paperwork because we we're learning how they were, you know, coercing us through contract. And, uh, you know, sometimes we'd have success, but more often because we were lone renegades, they'd isolate us and persecute us. And I've That's had right. uh, a few visits with federal agents myself at my own doorstep, and it's not really any fun. No, and I not. saw a lot of people fare even worse than I did. No. Um, so it really takes numbers so that we can't be isolated any longer. That's and right. um, yeah, and, and because, you know, paperwork is only as good as, uh, you know, the, the, the numbers of us that can gather together right. and also our ability to enforce it. So this is, this is amazing. So, you know, maybe one of the last, uh, you know, really important concepts in, you know, the whole Thrive uh, series is about the principle of non-aggression. Mm -hmm. And so here we were faced with these predators, real life predators, which are a minority. They're way more than us but we have relinquished so much power that they are, they have become quite a nuisance. So <laughs> since uh, they really don't understand or don't want to exercise the principle of non-aggression, but we realize that's the way the world needs to go. We know that that's the way the toroidal field works. It's all on non-aggression and, you know, mutual, um, you know, cooperation through resonance. So how do we get, from where we know we need to go and, uh, you know, through those principles, overcome what we're up against right now? Well, thank you for that question. I think it's the most important question on the planet right now. I think our fate rests in how well we answer that question. And once again, <clears throat> my research has led me to believe that the answer is so simple that we've missed it. And for those who knew about it, but don't want the rest of us to know, they, they've hidden it from us. And so I would say that the application of the understanding of the quantum field, that everything is toroidal, but each torus needs to have its sovereignty, that, that the application of that understanding, which works in, in health, which works in energy, which works in economics, that understanding also works in human self-organization. And the key is that the fundamental quantum is the, the individual. It's not the group. We've been duped by would-be rulers to give up ourselves for the good of the group. Doesn't mean you don't consider for the good of the group, but you don't sacrifice your own sovereignty because if they can get you to do that, then you've got communism, then you've got socialism, then you've got fascism, whatever you want to call it, it's collectivism. That's, that's when individuals give up their, their sovereignty, their individual circuitry. I, I love that you're a student of Steiner. Steiner described this so beautifully uh, that we are a circuit between the sun and the earth. We're each a free energy device. And the, to, to the degree to which we're controlled or restricted, um, we, we literally are short-circuited. And that's what the the globalists are trying to do is literally short circuit enough of humanity that they can take it over in order to assuage their, their own fears, which will never work even if they could do it. But the, the, the key is 
to set each individual free, but only as long as they're not violating another individual. And the non-aggression principle, which I think is the only serious candidate I've seen for the basis of a universal morality, which I think is the main thing that's missing on planet Earth, probably throughout most of the cosmos, is a universal morality that we all can align with. And the one thing that Kimberly and I have found in our global travels that every single person agrees with is they don't want to be violated against their will. So, wow, you know, it's like when you discover the Taurus, you've got a basis for sustainability. When you discover the non-aggression principle, which simply says that no one is allowed to initiate force or fraud against another person except in true self-defense. That's it. In a nutshell, that's, that I believe could save humanity because if we were treating one another that way, first of all, we would have no rulers. So we would have no involuntary taxation. We still have organizations and we'd have clubs and communities and, and all that stuff. Everything would be taken care of by competent competing organizations who are, who are held to the non-aggression principle, held accountable for non-violation. If we can align around that, then we don't longer have the combination of the state and the corporations, which is fascism, keeping us from having natural purity, keeping us from having free energy, keeping us from having healthy food, etc. So the whole thing opens up when enough people on planet Earth stand up for our natural sovereignty. And that's what natural law is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think what's really been lost, especially on the American public, is we had, uh, you know, a, a pretty good system close to what you're describing as a republic where we are the government. In fact, uh, the founding fathers, uh, you know, were deists that were tapped into a lot of the principles that you're speaking on. And they also consulted with Native Americans, uh, you know, as far as how to model their new form of government on natural law. But of course, that's cleverly been uh, converted into what we call democracy these days and somehow uh, confuse that as freedom. And uh, so, you know, it's it's basically we've got everything in place. Now we just have to, you know, I think on at first as an in each individual, it's it's really goes uh, back to being a spiritual journey. And this is a spiritual war as far as I'm concerned. And just it's really impossible to get some of the principles that you're describing unless you experience them internally within yourself then it, I think it's really easy to see that, wow, that really makes sense. And you, when you return to your center, your real brain, which is in your heart, uh, you know, there's a whole level of logic that immediately becomes apparent. And now we group together at the local level, like we see, I see videos, uh, you know, uh, frequently these days where different townships are just storming the council meetings and saying, no, in fact, uh, you know, councils are just, uh, you know, vacating their positions. And, and one I just saw where the people are, you know, immediately take over and they say, all right, first thing we're doing is take off your mask. Uh, you know, we see things like that happening in our neck, neck of the woods too. So I remain very hopeful uh, we do unfortunately have people in positions of power that can create some damage. And of course, what we're trying to do is minimize or mitigate, you know, further suffering. So um, just a, a fantastic discussion, Foster, and, and I'd like to do this again someday if possible. And also we could maybe get into some of the other things that we're talking about as far as maybe new systems uh, of um uh, monetary systems and so forth that actually, you know, do not centralize, uh, you know, money species uh, that we are then forced at gunpoint to use. And, and so maybe we can go there, but are there any, it would be fun up, to do uh, that when, when, Mike's, when Mike's back, it yeah. would be fun to do that with him too. Cause I, I've seen some of yeah. his work on the holistic economy, which is great. It's right, right on track. 
Yeah. And it also includes uh, decentralizing the internet. So we're all independent nodes rather than all subject to, you know, one central server that can be censored at any time. So we'll, we'll definitely do that. And again, it goes back to natural law and everything. So are there any parting words or any other things you'd like to discuss? Well, first of all, I'd just like to say thank you to you and your wife for tuning in all the way back to Thrive One and then staying connected and, and open to what it is that we're doing. And we really consider you guys major allies. Look forward to meeting you in person one of these days. And I'm really glad that you have each other at home because these explorations, these conversations <clears throat> are a lot easier, especially in these days of political polarization, if you've got a partner that you can really talk about anything with, whether you absolutely agree or not, just to be able to really have that open conversation with your partner is priceless. And then the last thing I wanna say is that it happens that as of just a few days ago, uh, Thrive2 is now available for a limited period of time for free. So you can go right now to our website, it's thriveon.com uh, and see it for free. And then, so that'll continue. Uh, we've just extended it a little bit by popular demand. That'll extend uh, a couple more weeks. And then um, we will continue to have what we've also started, which is a free uh, trial of the Freedom Portal, the subscription show that I talked about where we really go deep into all of this stuff. And that also, if you subscribe to the Freedom Portal, do, do your free trial, then a, a free viewing of the film will continue to accompany that even after the, the, uh, this 10-day period where it's uh, open to the public for free at thriveon.com. Uh, fantastic, uh, Foster. And thanks so much again. We'll definitely be participating in, in this. And uh, it's uh, let's keep each other in the loop. And of course, we're not too far up the road. It's a few hours, but yeah. um, you know, we have a nice guest house here. You're welcome anytime. All right. And, I uh, heard that. Doing, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you've got your own private swimming hole and, and it's just really a beautiful area here. So we'd love to see you up here someday. And, uh, you know, just just uh, my hats off to all you're doing. It's just such a great service to us all. So thank you for that. And I'm sure our paths will be crossing again. I look forward to that. And Mike, I ho hope that uh, when you watch this, that you are healing well. And we look forward to including you in the conversation next time. Thanks for all your great work. Yeah. And uh, lots of light to Mike. And uh, we missed him today, but uh, this was a great conversation. We'll do it again. Thank you, Foster. And You're you welcome. take care of yourself. And Thank our you, regards Bear. to Kimberly as well. I'll pass it on. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye.